Hello, I'm back. <laughs> I just started my podcast and I'm already skipping weeks. I apologize. Last week, I don't even remember exactly what happened. I think that I thought last Saturday was Friday because working from home in the summer and not being in school right now, every day kind of the, was kind of the same and just like all blurred together. And I remember like... 11 p.m. last Saturday. I asked my mom. I was like, tomorrow's Saturday, right? She said, today's Saturday. I said, shit. I <laughs> I forgot to record and upload the podcast. I was so like, just I was getting so anxious about uh, France and packing for France, which I'm in France now. And it's, it's great now. Um, but leading up to it was really, really stressful. But we're here. We're here. Took a break. Um, but now we're recording. Um, and then I was going to record in Lisbon to make up for it because I did I did stay a night in Lisbon, Portugal, um, which was amazing. I honestly wish I could have stayed longer. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, the weather was amazing. The weather, ama- the weather is amazing here. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking uh, in comparison to typical summer Florida weather. Um, it's nice just to be somewhere that is cool and there's wind and... Uh, it's nice and the evenings get so cool and crisp, but no, Lisbon was beautiful and, um, I didn't get to explore much at all. I was surprised by how big it was. Well, honestly, I, I guess I didn't know much about Portugal to begin with. Um, and so I was surprised like how sprawling Lisbon was. Um, I stayed near the airport, which from what I could tell was more of like a more residential, some business area, Um, but I did take the bus down to more tourist area for the night, um, and walk around and have food and drinks and just kind of like people watched and everyone was so nice. Oh my God. Like my host, he was, I mean, there was obviously a language barrier. He knew, he knew English, um, minimal English, um, you know, enough to get by obviously and welcome me in. And, uh, I don't know any Portuguese. I had a couple Brazilian friends in college. Um, one of them, she would get really drunk and the drunker she got, the more Portuguese she would speak. And, but she would, she'd be so drunk that she wouldn't even realize that she was speaking Portuguese. And then we could tell she'd get mad that we weren't responding to her. Like when we were at parties and stuff and we were like, dude, we, sorry, we don't speak Portuguese. Like, like if you, if you tell us what you're saying in English, then we'll understand. And, um, but no, everyone was so nice there. So welcoming, um, everyone seemed so fun. It was, <laughs> I mean, there were a few, I, a few guys that, you know, saw me and I, you know, I was wearing shorts and I have tattoos and at least from what I saw, not many women there. I don't think if any, I mean, I saw, I, mean, I think I saw like one or two that had a couple tattoos, but, and like, I'm, I'm curvier and I don't really think I saw another curvy young woman. Um, so I'd walk, you know, They'd yell at me, oh, American girl. Um, so that was interesting. But no, beautiful town, uh, city, everyone's so kind, welcoming. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that I <laughs> was going to record. Um, but my my Wi-Fi and my Airbnb was not optimal for doing anything. Like, it was enough to kind of, like, play on my phone for a little bit, um, but not to, like, record and upload a podcast. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, 
God, I tr- it took me three days to get to France because I flew out like 6 a.m. Sunday morning out of Florida to Newark in New Jersey. And then I had to stay at the airport for 12 hours because I got there about 10 a.m. And my flight to Lisbon was not until like 10 p.m. Um, and that was a mess in itself because so I, I looked like the night before um, – because I, I was only supposed to have an hour uh, layover to my connecting flight in Lisbon to go from uh, Lis- uh, Newark to Lisbon and Lisbon to um, Paris. And I was looking, and, and on the, the the website for the airline it's and, and for the um, Lisbon airport, it said that you, you would have to come out of your... Um, original, I guess you'd say original departure flight, your first flight, and that you would have to go through customs and then you would have to go through security again to make your connecting flight. And I was like, okay, well, if I have to do that, obviously like I can't do that in an hour. So I started freaking out. And so I was like, shit, like just to, just to be safe, I'm going to buy, um, I'm just going to take the L on this one and buy a separate flight to Paris for the next day. And luckily the, I mean, the expensive part was obviously getting from Newark to Lisbon, um, to get from Lisbon to Paris was only $85. And that included my, um, 50 pound bag. So honestly, not that bad at all. Um, but then, you know, I had to find an Airbnb and luckily I found the one that I stayed in. It was only like 30 bucks for the night. It was a cute little room and I shared a bathroom with the other guests, but I didn't even see the other guest. I think they got in super late and left super early because I think they were staying for a flight as well. And I mean, the, and the taxi to the place was only like five bucks. So super cheap um, considering just to stay the night. But but then I got to the Lisbon airport and I, I guess I could have made my connecting flight because there was some, just a man in an orange vest just yelling like, oh, Paris, Paris flights, I'll take you there now. Um, he was not advertised on the website. The man, the yelling man in the orange vest was not advertised. So I guess I could have made it. But whatever. I got a free night in Lisbon, which ended up being amazing. And then I flew out. Oh my God, I was losing losing track of days. I think it was my, my Monday, Mon Sun. No, no, it was Tuesday, Tuesday. Okay. So yeah, Sunday, Sunday was my day in Newark and then Monday was my day in Lisbon. And then Tuesday I woke up and I, uh, got to the airport. I got there super early cause I was so, I, I know there, I know there's some airports right now. They're like, oh, taking like three, four hours just to get through the lines. And I got to every airport so early, but it's, it luckily, thank God is only taking me like, I think my max time in security at any airport was like 20 minutes. I mean, the Lisbon airport's insane. It's like, everything's automated. Like you even check in your own bag and like it, it, it there's like this little rolly belt that like scans it in for you. And then they got, you have like your, like an automatic, um, boarding pass scanner, Security was really quick. Um, didn't ha- didn't even have to take off my shoes. Um, but they almost didn't let me. They almost didn't let me get on the flight to Paris. I was so scared because um, so for Lisbon, you had to have um, a, a negative COVID test taken uh, seventy two hours before, or you know. And so I had my test, and then I was I was flying to Paris, and I read 
on the website for France that if you're a U.S. citizen and you have a vaccination card and you're fully vaxxed, then you can come in. And so I was like, okay, great. I'm fully vaxxed. Um, and so when I got in the gate, uh, the flight attendant or, you know, lady working the desk, she could tell that I was from America because I was, I asked a question in English. Um, and she said, oh, oh, you're, you're from America. I need to check your um, COVID test. And she said for the metropolitan Paris area, you had to have uh, a negative test taken no more than 24 hours before. And I was like, well, shit. Like I, and so I, I oh my God, my heart was pounding. I was starting. So I was like, great. I've made it this far. I'm not going to be able to go where I need to go. Um, but it worked out. I showed her my U.S. Vax card and she, I don't think, she, I guess she had not seen a U.S. Vax card. I'm not sure. Um, but she was very, very skeptical of it. And I like, I took it out for her and I was showing her my ID and I was like, no, I promise I got Pfizer. And she, thank God was very nice and, um, took my word for it. Let me in. I was, oh my God, I was about to shit myself right there. I was like, God, what do I do? Cause I was also like, um, I haven't figured out my flight back yet. So I just, I didn't have the money for, I really am just winging it. Like I'm, I'm not buying my flight back for probably another week or so because I'm going to work all week and try to earn lots of, lots of money to buy. I don't know. I'm not good at planning. I'm not good at this. My mom is like, you're an idiot, but whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so they let me in flight to Paris stayed in Paris for about, I think I was there for like four hours. And then I got on a bus, um, to take a three hour bus ride out to Sudan, which is where I am now, um, out in the country. And I almost missed my bus. I got into, um, the area where, and there was like 20 something buses for like, you know, different transportation lines. And, um, most people, most people that I run into in Paris had, uh, spoke pretty minimal English, but you know, well enough to help me. And you know, I'm, I'm, there's no criticism there whatsoever because I certainly don't know French. So I'm very lucky that they even knew a little bit of English. Um, I'm trying to learn French. Um, my host family has been great and trying to teach me, but anyway, I got down to the loading area for the buses and I just like could not figure out the like station area and there were so many people and so much going on. And I, I asked like five or six people if they spoke English and, um, none of them knew English. And, um, I had like four minutes until my bus was about to leave. And I, I got, I think I was just so tired at that point and stressed. And I just started crying right there. I'm like running around my 50 pound suitcase and backpack just crying. And I saw this one man and he looked really nice. So I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. And I said, I said, do you know English? And he said, you know, I know a little bit. And I showed, I just, I was just showing people my bus pass because the bus pass was written in French, which was also kind of complicated for me. And, uh, he goes, Oh, this is, this is my bus. I'm the driver. And I was like, thank, literally thank Jesus. Like Jesus, I I was praying and crying. I was like, God, please. Like I've made it this far. Like, obviously I could have just caught another train the next day, but I was just running low on money and energy and time. And my, my family was expecting me to come in that night. Anyway, long story short, I am here. I am safe. I am settled. Um, 
I haven't had much time to recover from jet lag. Um, just because I got, I just three days of traveling, got in, woke up the next day and we had a few days straight of my host family showing me around, but also because I'm here to help with stuff, you know, I didn't, I've done a lot of cleaning and just helping out and going to their farm and, um, things like that. It's absolutely gorgeous here. The host family is just, they are so kind and I did, and look, I, you know, I've only been to France. I've only been in France for a few days and I've been in the countryside. And I, I, I guess there's this like, I don't know if it, stigma is the right word. I don't know. There's just this narrative that French people are just like angry and grumpy and don't like Americans, which whatever, like maybe there's a, I'm sure there's a few French people that don't like Americans or especially the ones in Paris. I'm sure if you're like an annoying tourist, because you know, there's a, I don't know. Maybe I'm going off too much on this, but I know there's a lot of people that do study abroad and stuff like that. And, or maybe, maybe they're wild or maybe they're not as respectful or I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, in any culture, there's going to be grumpy people, but <laughs> anywhere you go, any, anywhere in the world, there's going to be mean assholes. I mean, that's just, that's just earth. I don't think, but anyway, everyone that I've met here, um, even if they don't speak English has just been so kind and welcoming and just, you know, I think, I think one main thing that I've learned here, um, is that anywhere in the world that as cheesy as this sounds like a smile goes a long way. Like I, I think a smile, yeah, a smile goes a long way if, if they don't speak English and I, I don't know French. I just, I smile. And, and I think that's just like, if I smile and, you know, at least do my best to say hello and say my name. Um, I think that sometimes that's just, I think the world, the world needs more smiles and it's super cheesy, but I think you learn the value of smiling and laughing when you go somewhere where people don't speak your language and you don't speak their language, but you know, you're, you're, you're still human and there, there's still this, uh, this energy and this connection. Um, I did make friends with like, a two-year-old because, um, her French and I, her French and my French were on the same level. So I made friends with her because I was like, oh, she knows about, about as many words as I do. Um, um, well, she was a little younger than two years old, but, um, no, my, uh, the, the mom here speaks, uh, fluent English and fluent French. Um, and the son, he's 17. He, he speaks pretty, pretty English, pretty well. Um, the dad knows a few things in English, but he's mostly just fluent in French. Um, so the, the mother translates for him between him and I sometimes, but when it's just him and I in a room, it's just one or two words here and some like smiling and I don't know, they're lovely people. And everyone here has been so welcoming. Um, the food is amazing. Everything is so fresh. Um, my body is still getting used to that, I think, especially since I'm getting close to my period. Um, I've been craving a soda, but the family here doesn't have any soda. I mean, I've seen people drink Coca-Cola here. Um, you know, we had beer and burgers the other day, but for the most part, been very just fresh, healthy food, uh, really good wine. Oh my gosh. They, they showed me, um, she said it's a very French thing, but it was a uh, white, it was a uh, Chardonnay and black currant syrup. Um, and it, uh, it made it taste like juice. And I, I 
I uh, downed a couple glasses a little too quickly. It was delicious. Um, but yeah, no, it's just been amazing here. And uh, my parents definitely thought that I was going to get kidnapped and murdered along the way. My dad said that he <laughs> screenshot my location the entire way just in case he had to talk to investigators, um, which, I, you know, I'm lucky that my parents care a lot about me, but it definitely was overwhelming because I was already anxious and trying to figure out my travels. And like every five minutes, it's like, oh, make sure you do this to be safe. Make sure you do that to be safe. Make sure you ask these questions. And uh, I, even my mom texted me and she's like, cause I'm, I was in a group chat with my mom and dad, um, just to make things easier. And my mom texted me, they're divorced, but she was like, your father is driving me crazy. Even I'm getting anxious now. And she's like, can't imagine how you feel this man, this man's going crazy. Um, I have a very, very protective father. And it was one of those situations though, where he was like, um, Oh, work away seems like such a cool thing. And then it's like, I'm the one that went off and did it. So he's like, no, I don't like this. He said, no, it's different when it's your own daughter going across the world to meet with strangers, which I understand. But, you know, the host family was very great. And the fact that we FaceTimed before and they had really amazing reviews. And I looked at their address on Google Street Review to match the pictures. And, you know, we, they're, they're great. Um, but yeah, I, they're gone for about a week so I have the house to myself. Um, and I took, accidentally took a five hour nap today because like I had said earlier, I haven't been able to call up, catch up on jet lag. Um, and I woke up at 8 30 PM and I was like, shit, like I, uh, I gotta go lock up the chicken and take the clothes off the line, which I never thought I would say, but I am. And so I, the, the chicken, the chicken's like a guard dog, like the chicken, the, the, the chicken begs worse than my dog at home and it follows you around and she's a, she's a very nice chicken. Um, I've just never been around chicken and I, I didn't, uh, expect chickens to be able to act like dogs, but she, she does. Um, there's three cats. One's very old and just, I lost, I lost him for like two hours today. I could, he hid in a bush and he's very sick. And I was like, God, I said, I swear to God, if they're gone, they've been gone for like four hours. And if I have a deceased cat on my hands, I was just like crying. I finally found him. Um, he had just been chilling. I think he's kind of deaf. So he didn't hear me. Um, but it's yeah. So took a five hour nap, but now I feel better. I'm up. I showered. I'm in my little like satin pajamas. We're having a little uh, pajama party um, right now in my room. Um, have a cup of tea because I I drink tea now. Um, and yeah. So let's get into like I'm gonna. Oh shoot! I've been talking for a long time. I'm gonna get into. I know last week I had mentioned that this uh, episode I really just wanted to kind of touch on a little bit just. Preserving your own energy and that, you know, the fact that I, I turned 25 not too long ago at this point and just, um, this trip, this trip has been really amazing so far and I've, I haven't even been here long. Just, I think, I think I've kind of realized like my independence and I've kind of realized like my genuine love and interest for just connecting with people no matter where I am and, um, just like. I have a tattoo on my leg and it says our doubts are traitors. And, um, it's part of a longer quote from a Shakespeare play that says, uh, our doubts are traitors that make us lose good. We oft might find by fearing to attempt just, you know, there's so much good in the world, but we, we can get so scared and talk ourselves out of it. And, you know, yeah, we may avoid failure, but we also may avoid good or, and I think avoiding failure shouldn't even, 
it's something I'm scared of because I'm that's I I hate disappointing people. I think I th- I feel like when I fail, I disappoint someone. But in reality, like you're gonna fail no matter what, and failure is often the most powerful tool at times to just um learn a new skill or learn something about yourself or learn something about the, like you, you're not going to learn if you always succeed. Like, like if you were always succeeding, you're not learning the valuable lesson of being able to pick yourself up or to learn how to problem solve or pick a new direction or, you know, a new route of execution. I, I think failure is really important and that's something I'm having to learn and the bumps along the road are important and, being rerouted is important. I think this, at this point in my life, God has rerouted me so many times, but in the end, it's always like, it's always been for my best interest. But when it happens, it's like, I get so mad at God. I'm like, why are you like, why are you doing this? Like I, I, I had it all worked out. Like, why are you interrupting my plans? And I'm like, uh, ultimately it's not really my plans. It's not, I'm not really the one that gets to I don't know. I, I know we have free will and choice, but at the end of the day, there's also just the supernatural power of God in the universe and things come out of nowhere that we didn't plan for um, and redirections in life. And, or it's like, I feel like God and the universe have the time is, you know, when your parents are like, there's those moments where like, okay, they're not going to get hurt. Um, but they're definitely not going to be happy with their outcome, but I'm going to let them go ahead and make this mistake so they can learn. I feel like that's what God is looking down on me and thinking at the time, he's like, ah, you know, she's not gonna, she's not gonna kill herself. She's not gonna get hurt. Like she's going to get emotionally hurt. You know, I'm watching over her. Um, but I'm just gonna let her take a few misguided steps just to, just to learn. Um, or, you know, she's so stubborn that this is the only way she's going to listen as if, as if, uh, you know, something goes wrong. And, you know, I had everything worked out. Like, ah, I'm going to go to grad school and live in Chicago and it's going to be great. And my roommate sucked and, COVID happened and I moved back home and moving back home has been such a wonderful time to just work on myself and work on my own healing. And now coming here, coming to France by myself and just realizing that I, I, that I, I can do these things for myself and that God has given me a really amazing opportunity. And it just, it's blowing my mind, but it's also, I think now, especially being alone in the countryside in a house that I have to take care of for seven days. And it's just like weird. There's this really just heavy silence and stillness, something that I'm not usually comfortable with. But I think that in this point in my life right now, even just this week, having this is going to be really important for me to just, even today, I've already just done a lot of thinking and a lot of meditating and just a lot of wondering why am I so uncomfortable with silence and why am I so uncomfortable with stillness and just really digging into those things. But, you know, I was laying in bed last night thinking that, dang, like just even a few months ago, I was crying for days and days over this boy that treated me like shit. And I think, I don't know if, if, if he just ultimately wanted to use me for sex or that he had an anxious attachment style, but um, after a year of friendship, he just cut me off because I didn't want to have sex with him, um, because we were such good friends. And I think it hurt because I had just finished healing from another guy that I was best, best friends with 
for like two years. Um, like we did everything together. Like we cooked together. We had, we watched TV together. We would walk his dog together. He, I was close with him and his, all his bandmates and the bandmates, girlfriends, and I would go to their shows and, um, and there was never anything physical between us, but I think that was the strongest emotional connection I've ever had in my life. Like he was the only person that like I could sit in a room with in silence and, and feel at home. Like being with him felt like home to me. And then he got a girlfriend and it was one of those things that she found out about me before I knew about her and she didn't like me. Um, and I called him out on it cause I said, Hey, why are you acting like you have no idea who I am just because of her? And he quit talking to me. He hasn't talked to me in like two years at this point. And that took a lot of healing. That was, I think, I think I've, um, I got into such deep cycles of codependency with people, like placing my worth in in these emotional connections with people. And, you know, emotional connections are vital to a human life and forming these connections. But I, I was putting so much of myself in these connections that that's what I was defining myself by. Um, and so I, I've never really given my chance given myself the chance to be alone and to be myself and to not be codependent. I think there's, there's obviously a difference between a codependency and I don't know what, like just trusting. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. There's, there's a difference between codependency and, and complimentary people. I think is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um, like complimentary people are good people that can compliment your life and make you a better person. But I think it it's definitely become unhealthy for me in the past when I just start to put my worth and my value in a relationship and and I I get so caught up in it in it that I don't take time to um, evaluate myself and really focus on myself and so like I said I was just crying because I was like dang like a few months ago I was just crying 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 over this boy because all I wanted was for him to love me back and to like me back and to want to be with me as much as I wanted to be with him. Um, and it didn't happen. And he cut me off and I, it felt like a piece of me was missing. Like I'd, I'd given a whole, whole piece of myself to this boy. And, but I'm really on this. I'm a, I'm on this journey to a journey of wholeness, a journey to become whole within myself and of myself. Um, and to only really keep people in my life that compliment me. And at this point, it's like, if you bring bad energy to my life, you're gone. If you are a liar constantly to me, you're gone. If you are not a good friend who doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bring good to my life, you're gone. Like I I don't need bad energy right now. I don't need dead weight in my life. Um, I'm a very giving, loving person. And there's a difference between being busy and just not caring about someone and not giving the same energy back. And I've, I've had to get really good with, uh, discerning that, um, you know, realizing when people are busy and then just realizing people just want to take, take, take from you and don't want to give. And I've had to cut those people out, you know? Um, and honestly it's been, so freeing and just now to be here in France and learning and really just being able to grow within myself and, and, and just, I think my host family, just even in the few days, the culture here is so different. They've just showed me like, you know, hard work is important. Working, working hard is, you know, obviously what helps you earn money and, you know, keeps up the house. But at the end of the day, like money is great, but 
there's nothing better than just love and true connection and spending time with people and talking to people and just really loving yourself and, and exploring the world for yourself and taking those risks for yourself. Um, but even though you're doing those things for yourself, that you're, you're still finding time to just build those relationships with people. And, and my host, my host mom said the other day, she said, there's, there's always time in the day to stop and have a cup of tea and just, and, and we were walking the other day on a path and there was a butterfly and it's, its wings were folded up and she stopped and she said, Oh, I want to wait until it shows us his colors. And just, just being able to find this stillness and beauty in life and just being so in love with the world and energy around you and with yourself. And I think that's just something I'm learning right now. And I, I, I want, I'm not perfect in that. And I still get caught up in stupid things. And, but I wish I could just share this feeling of gratitude with everyone else. And I can't wait to keep you all updated on the next coming weeks. And, um, with these discoveries, I need to start journaling more these thoughts, but it's just been so amazing. And really, honestly, just, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but just really, really take time to evaluate the people and energy in your life and get rid of the energy that does not serve you. It does not serve your highest self, the greatest good, the, the plan that God has for you. Like, and, and a lot of what I've learned, at least for me, if I, if, if I'm not going to cut someone out, God in the universe will just do it for me. And it'll, it's going to be more painful when they do it. Um, but I'm so grateful for how far I've come and for all the support and love in my life. And I can't, wait to continue sharing it with you all and thank you. And I promise I will not miss next weekend, next week, whatever. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those who listened to the first episode. I appreciate it more than you ever know. And remember if they tell you you're just too much, that's the point and it's okay. <laughs>